what did you eat for breakfast? I had three cups of coffee, uh, and then later I ate some Indian food. You are listening to the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. Business. Business. Encouragement. Constant improvement. Analysis. Analysis. Digital This episode is sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Print Company, located in Fort Worth, Texas. You may remember I talked to Justin back in episode 5 about the merch industry and his passion for music and working with bands and artists. Do you need help with your merch? Skinny Armadillo specializes in quality apparel decoration, including screen printing, embroidery, design, digital on-demand printing, web stores, fulfillment, and more. Contact Skinny Armadillo now to find out how you can grow your merch sales, discover the current printing technologies, or to get a quote. Call 817-546-1430 or visit theskinnyarmadillo.com. That's 817-546-1430 or visit theskinnyarmadillo.com. Make sure you stay up to date with the podcast by signing up to the mailing list at musiconyourownterms.com. There you will find show notes to every episode and links to other resources. Welcome to episode 27 of the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. In this installment, we delve into the esoteric with Sean Siebold, an audiovisual engineer, multi-instrumentalist, and creator of the popular Dallas-Fort Worth Musicians Facebook group. We take a transcendental journey through Sean's history, his music, and some deep psychological explorations of the power of music on the human psyche. So sit back, make yourself comfortable, and let's delve right in. Welcome to another episode of uh, Music on Your Own Terms. I'm joined today by Sean Seibold. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Welcome. Seibold. And, and Seibold. Yeah. You're welcome. So you're, um, uh, do you have an audiovisual production company called Happy Hmm? Yes. Uh, happy, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, happy Hmm. It's, uh, that name came to me, you know, for many years before actually conceiving the the business plan, but, uh, that's, it's a multimedia production company and, mm-hmm. um, I specialize in audio engineering and I do video editing and I've worked on some, uh, podcast material before. Um, and really it's just a way for me to funnel a lot of my art and music and, uh, other creative endeavors. Very cool. Yeah. So, um, we, we caught up because, uh, you're actually, you're the admin for uh, the Dallas Fort Worth Musicians Group on Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, and you're originally from Dallas, but you you now live in Boulder, Colorado. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. Um, I grew up. I was born and raised in uh, Dallas, and lived there for 38 years. And 
over the last two years, my wife and I uh, moved to Colorado and uh, just been spending our days out here. But um, I started the DFW Musicians Group, um, I think, back in 2012. And um, and I'm I'm actually kind of surprised how how large it's grown. Yeah, no, it's a great community. Um, there's there's quite a number of Facebook groups, you know, out there for different cities. I think that's one of the better ones, definitely for the Dallas area. Um, so congratulations on that. Well, thank um, you. But yeah, let's let's go back and and how did you get into music in the first place? Um, all you know, always an interesting question for uh, every musician. I think. Um, mm. I, I don't know if I really remember there being a catalyst uh, necessarily. I started out as a visual artist, and um, I was put through classes uh, growing up, and so I always had a creative energy. And uh, it was mm-hmm. sometime I think in. Um, you know, junior high, that um, I, I I was bit by a curiosity bug, I guess. And I wanted sure. to, um, you know, see what I could do. And just the, um, that interest kind of just put me into a, um, <laughs> an obsession that I was never able to fall mm-hmm. out of. You know, it's been, um, you know, I fell into something and it's, it's, it's been my life ever since. Um, right. You know, maybe the um, just the the joy of making something that can, in turn, make you feel something that you didn't before. It's it's a it's a big mystery. I don't know. Yeah, that's the that's the ultimate goal for a musician. I think is just to to communicate your emotion and make someone else. And it does. That's the thing. It doesn't have to be the same emotion you're feeling. It could connect on a different level. Right. Well, we were talking about the, the, the power of music and the music, the, the, the power it has over people when we were talking the other day. And, um, and, and we were discussing in terms of what can music do for somebody um, with, with regards to healing. And uh, it, it could be any song at any moment and any person, and it, it can unlock something in you and bring the person to tears. And uh, just the mechanism and the influence that's going on on a synaptic and an emotional level is it's a big mystery to all of us, but something is going on and it's, it's powerful and it's moving. And, um, you know, I think when you are hit with that kind of, uh, or with that kind of an impact, it, it leaves an impression on you that just never goes away. And, um, Oh, absolutely. I, I truly believe that, you know, music is the key to changing the world. Uh, me too. Me too. It's the universal language. I had I had considered something that, like, you know, music not only is it potentially healing for other people that's listening to it, but for the individual who practices music or plays music, it's most certainly healing for the individual doing it. And that's oh, that's also sure. an exciting prospect because here's something that is impacting the creator as much as it is the objective listener and um, mm-hmm. that's beautiful <laughs> oh absolutely yeah yeah i mean I, I think we talked about this before um you know but for the benefit of listeners i mean um not only from an emotional outlet and uh, you know a cathartic you know release but also the very um you know especially if you're a more physical musician like a drummer but even playing guitar as i do um I think it's something Paul Reed Smith himself was saying 
kind of like a sales pitch, but when you're playing a musical instrument, you're not only connecting your emotions to the instrument and talking through it, but be like if if you have a chronic, you know, pain condition or or something similar, if you're um you know, if your brain is concentrating on moving your limbs and your fingers in order to um, create this music, you know, the, the, the brain kind of shuts down the pain receptors almost. It's like, a, yeah. you know, you have this temporary pain, you know, pain-free moment when you're playing music because your brain, you know, it, it's channeling, channeling the energy into that rather than the pain receptors. Right, so. right. Yes, it's. Um, I, I've done a little bit of research on the effects of sound healing. Um, it's it's a direction that I've considered going in life, um, doing sound mm-hmm. healing work, um, and it's it's real fascinating what's going on on that. Like I don't know, maybe it's a quantum level, subatomic level, um, in mm-hmm. terms of sound on matter. So as opposed to. Um sound on a psychological level you're talking about like just physical physical sound waves on the body itself yes yeah i mean there is the um there's the emotional level there's the psychological level as well um i was thinking about this earlier today how um when you're thinking about the music you're Mm. you're kind of on a a mental level and the, the way the music influences you um while you're you're actively listening to it uh versus the way some of the chord progressions are uh, influencing your your mood your emotional mm-hmm. set and so there it feels like there's two different areas of influence that are happening um with music and and i i forget you know kind of what the original question was that you that you posed um, <laughs> but we're just going off on an interesting tangent I, I love tangents. Oh yes. Yeah, I mean, I I think you can you can definitely um, the the way a um, a musician kind of transcends their left brain, and I talked about this in my last episode a little bit. Um, you get into that flow state, and you're 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 being, you know, you're you're occupying your right brain, and it's almost well, it's not almost. It is a form of meditation because you're. You're taking your yourself out of the, you know, the 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 physical time, and you're putting yourself into that flow state. So, and I think that goes hand in hand with healing because you're not focused on time and pain and you know things like that. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, I, I think I even made an idea, a theory that I posed that when you're in that state, you don't age. That your body's mm. kind of in a stasis moment of, um, you're 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 in the present moment, um, like you can't be more in the present moment than you are. Right. There's something about that because um, you know more often than not our minds are occupied with what happened in the past or you know what's going to happen or what needs to happen in the future, and that's daily life for most people. And for musicians, getting in that flow state, you're really muting the, those other focuses or those other thoughts that you're having. And um, it's really fascinating. Uh, you know, I, I know that there's been um, studies done, um, you know, what, what happens to the brain in that state. 
Um, but uh, very similar to what you're saying, meditative. Mm. But there's something about that um, when you're connecting with what? You know, that's the big question. What are you connecting with here? You know, you can get real philosophical and, um, you know, it, try to um, s stretch outward what it is that we're doing here and who we are and uh, what is this thing called sound amidst this experience we're all having. And, uh, mm. you know, it, you can get too philosophical and, um, you know, lose focus on it. But, you know, that's that's an area of interest in for me and I've always mm. taken philosophy and music and, you know, figured out where's this middle ground here. What can I do with both of these? And, sure. um, that's just a little bit of background on, you know, my side of things. I've, um, I've always been kind of a thinker and, um, mm. you know, considered, uh, the, the greater things going on in the universe. I mean, if nothing else, it's definitely connecting with energy. I mean, if, sound, if sound is an energy yeah. form, so yeah, yeah. I it, mean that that we can explain that much, I think. Yeah, absolutely, and and I like it. Uh, I, I like simplifying things like that. You know, you're starting off with here you are, and then what's what are you surrounded with? And it is energy and all these different aspects and forms. And um, like we were saying, the impact that sound has on physical matter, uh, you start to consider the implications of what what kind of power do I have as a musician and mm. um, using that responsibly, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so, so is that, um, is there a plan to do anything in that, um, that, you know, thought strain or is it just kind of, uh, you know, an idea you have that's in the embryonic stages right now? I think that's just more of a, a underlying philosophy um, okay. of, of of me um i'm always i'm always searching i'm always seeking um asking mm. questions and um trying to find you know what uh, what kind of contribution do i want to make while i'm alive uh, right things that i would think most people eventually consider and think about in their life not everybody mm. how about you do you do you do you think about those kind of things i do yeah i mean i i I think we're pretty uh, similar in terms of, uh, you know, far-reaching questions and, and really digging deep into what it all means. And, um, you know, I, I tend to th over, I, th I tend to drift off. I, I will, I will kind of say that, um, just to connect the dots, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you don't want to overextend yourself and start thinking about things that are completely irrelevant to mm. your, to your life. Um, you know, I, but I, that's the thing about, um, anything you want to find that, uh, balance point. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's, well, I mean, let's delve into your music itself. I mean, could you describe your, uh, the type of music you make? Uh, sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I've I've always been a multi instrumentalist. I, I've never taken to one instrument and mastered that. Um, and um, because I've always been a solo artist, I always would um, really experiment and explore what kind of song or style I want to um, focus on. And um, and I never liked 
making the same song twice. I would always push myself mm -hmm. to do something radically different. And I, right. um, you know, there, there would be genres that I wouldn't uh, necessarily include, um, but I would still have a lot left to kind of mix up. And um, I've, I've always been fascinated by uh, world instruments, um, mm -hmm. you know, exotic sounds, things like that. And um, what I had available when I first started out, uh, like Cool Edit Pro, Acid 2.0, uh, Acid Pro, those kind of things. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the listeners might, might recognize those. Um, but I would start out being able to work with uh, loops and, you know, you can play with those loops and... Um, but I didn't really have uh, a song in me that was needing to come out. It was a lot of uh, Lego playing, you know, like you take out Legos and then you're just building shapes with it. And uh, I had a lot of fun doing that over the years, um, you know, and eventually, uh, you know, an actual mature, complete song would, you know, fall out of me. And uh, mm -hmm. that would be surprising, you know, from time to time. But um, I never found one genre more um enjoyable than another it always just was part of the process for me and sure. after no, I, that I yeah sorry I, I just saying um i completely relate to that because i've got you know i've got riffs and little short you know three note patterns or whatever dotted about hard drives here and there but you know putting them together is 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 the trick i think it is, um, I, you know, like like you, I have so many samples and things that I've saved over the years. I've got mm. like 20 versions, 20 mixes of, you know, one song and um, not ever feeling comfortable to release any of those because, uh, you know, I had my own confidence issues, which is another reason I liked your podcast and what it's about is it touches upon stuff that's really... Um, uh, important for a musician who wants to express themselves without having these kind of psychological limitations or uh, hurdles, uh, mm. which, you know, I think we all have in society to some degree. So kudos to you for your podcast. You're, you're doing good work and uh, I support that. Thank you. Appreciate that. But yeah, over the, over the years, I would uh, just, uh, you know, continue to write and, try to hone my skills and get better and and here i am today i've got you know so many songs i've released a few things and i uh i'll never stop because it's just so much fun that's great so you, you're definitely enjoying the process rather than feeling like you have to complete something you know finite i do still feel that uh to some degree i um I have songs that I've spent um, countless hours on over the years, uh, things that would be very important, uh, important songs. And uh, I just wanted to get it just right. And uh, I know everybody can relate to that. It's, um, it's just the creator's plight. And, um, but I think that, uh, you know, the more you stick with something, the better you get at it. And I'm finally getting to that point in my, um, my own personal development to feel, mm. to feel that confidence, to feel the, Oh, I have put in my time. This is what I'm supposed to feel like. Right. Yeah. Um, 
so is the is the goal eventually to make a living from the music rather than the production company absolutely and you know it's both are kind of one and the same um you know i i i plan on being able to do things that i love to do through my business and um and i will be able to hopefully make a living off of everything that I do that I enjoy. Um, mm. I, I did my time, you know, working jobs where my heart wasn't in it. And, you know, I, I could tell the boss could tell and, you know, it just, you know, as, as a musician, as an artist, I, um, I would always just feel that pull to want to make stuff. And, um, mm. you know, in, in the, kind of challenging society we're living in there's not a lot of uh support offered for musicians we were talking about that the other day too and um mm. so eventually yes the goal is to uh make a living doing what i love um probably no different than anybody else and and uh, i feel like i'm on a, a good path and um getting a good start with that but um it was tricky along the way and i know you talk about entrepreneurship as well um, I've had yes, to, do. yeah, I've had to find my own footing with that. Um, um, thankfully I've, I've had my wife to also help support. It's, it would be very difficult to do that, um, you know, as a single man, but, mm -hmm. um, but I, I've seen some, you know, major improvements along the way, but yeah, it was very hard, uh, at first. Right. Yeah. I think we, we said the other day was, uh, we were talking about how, um, you know, people from our, our, our age group, um, you know, when we were growing up, there really wasn't, at least I never experienced what entrepreneurship was. I didn't know the word until, you know, later on. And at this point, you know, you have entrepreneur classes and courses in college and high school, which I think is a really good thing. Yes, absolutely. And, um, <clears throat> And I, you know, unfortunately, we're we're looking at um, uh, the leftovers. Um, how do I put this um, without using that "okay boomer" phrase? <laughs> but it's it's we're looking at a you know a, a society of um, those who have been in you know a kind of business where they were carving a way right after World War Two and in a and they were trying to find their way after that time. And there was mm. a lot of um, risks taken and new ideas that were uh, being implemented. And, and so there was um, not a lot we could foresee at the time of how things would end up. But as it turns out, uh, costs of things have gone up and, you know, wages have stayed the same. And, you know, if you do the math, it, it just makes it very hard for, anybody to make that living and uh i think what is great now is that these classes that um are available are teaching us things that will allow newer generations to provide their ideas that were based on you know what it's like living like this if that makes sense yeah for sure um and i think now more than ever it's important to uh you know, learn those things so that you have the opportunity to move with, you know, every, every, you know, technology is advancing so quickly and it's exponentially growing. Uh, 
you know, the rate um, and having a multiple streams of income and multiple skill sets so that you can jump from one thing to the next as things change. Whereas, you know, from our generation, it was like, you know, be a plumber and you're set for life or you go to one company and you retire there and that doesn't exist anymore. Mm -mm, no, it's um, there, there's a lot of unpredictability uh, in the world today that I think, um, you know, 20 years ago, uh, things were fairly stable and um, consistent. And, uh, right. you know, that does make it kind of exciting in a lot of ways. And um, being that there is more unpredictability that I think to me that tells me there's more opportunities out there. Mm. Um, you know, when, when you step into um, chaos, you know, you're, you're, the possibilities are endless. When you step into order, you know, your options are like maybe two, this or that. Right. Have you, um, this could be opening up a massive uh, rabbit hole, but have you read the book Chaos Theory? Uh, no, I have not. Um, you know, I'm, I'm interested in those topics, though. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the it's it's the premise is the butterfly effect, and you know everything that goes along with that theory. But the book's pretty uh, pretty in depth about everything else that it you know pertains to. Oh um, yes, I, I I know a little bit about it, like you know enough to start a conversation. Um, um, it is fascinating stuff, and mm. you know play. To incorporate that into uh, the talk of music, um, it's the the organic, uh, fluid nature of, of music when it, you know playing live. That is um, the kind of impact that that has on a group of people is also exciting because you could be influencing somebody emotionally, and then they can go home that evening and change their life because of how that music made them feel mm. yeah you know and multiply that by let's say 100 people in the audience you know that's very powerful very very powerful and um yeah i i think one day that um the arts you know music art um sculpture everything else theater um all of that will be seen i think more as a um a modality for healing uh, eventually like the world will see it as healing yeah i really hope so more 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 so than it does now and uh, you know i don't i can't i can't speak for everybody i realize that but um so much of you know what we consider or treat art as is um maybe like distractions or uh something mm -hmm. to be entertained by or um you know, just the, the, the beauty of decoration. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, uh, but I think that you know, the untapped potential of what um, art and music can do for humanity is um, still left, I think, unchecked. Yeah, I mean, if if, if you ask, a, you know, a couple of people what they, you know, try to imagine a world with no art or music, and it would be you know, I don't think you could do it. Yeah, I think it'd, it'd be it weird. Be, yeah. Yeah. So let's step back a little bit. I mean, what what prompted you to move to Boulder, Colorado? Uh, that is um, 
Well, you know, my wife, for one, is uh, she's a wild woman and uh, I love her. Mm -hmm. And and she's very much uh, she's adventurous. And um, so there's a lot of that spirit in her. For me, I've always lived in Dallas and I had never lived anywhere else. And for me, a lot of that was uh, just an opportunity for me to step outside of my comfort zone and to see, Mm. um, you know, who I would become. Uh, through that kind of an experience and transition. And I've, sure. I've sure grown a lot since then. Um, but that was primarily it. Uh, before that, um, before we moved, we, we got married in Dallas, uh, mm-hmm. at the uh, Dallas Arboretum. And um, before that, I was working in hospice for about six years. And um, I got started in that um, through uh, volunteer work. And uh, okay. that was an excellent uh, period of time for me um, in terms of growth as a person. I, I never thought I'd be getting into that kind of work, but um, but very life-changing and gave me a lot to uh, think about, fodder for a musician. Oh, yeah. I can, I can completely uh, see how that would be. I mean, <clears throat> I would imagine you, you've uh, developed a hell of a lot of empathy working in that field i think i had some of that before going in too um there was something Mm. of a calling there but uh but because of that in the last um you know seven years of my life in dallas before moving i think it was just uh i i felt a a sense of completion uh it was Mm -hmm. it, it felt like ready like the 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 birds ready to leave the nest right yeah, I can completely relate because obviously I uh, I moved from uh, England to the U.S. when I was 20. And then uh, last summer we moved down to Dallas from New England. Uh, so, you know, I, it's definitely healthy to move. I mean, at, at the very least, travel. I think so, too. I, yeah. I think it gives you a huge perspective change. Absolutely. And, um, you know, also important for musicians and especially the ones who tour, um, you know, what an amazing mm. opportunity that is to see so many yes. places like that. Um, and cultures. And- yeah. And, and to learn about that. And, and I think for, for everybody to um, have that uh, freedom and opportunity to see other cultures um, is another healing thing for the planet. And so much of... Um, so much of our problems, I think, stem from um, a, a, a disbelief about, you know, this other person over here. And, mm-hmm. and uh, without an understanding of our own psychology, you know, we get triggered by, um, you know, this or that. And, um, you know, not to belittle or diminish somebody else's experience, but all of that frustration and pain and stress is... Um, unique for the person experiencing it and um and i you know another thing for music is the way it can calm somebody down when they get like Mm -hmm. that yeah i totally agree so in terms of your move i mean how did that influence your music and your business well, it definitely did. You know how um, you can change your uh, studio around, um, move some speakers, and all of a sudden the uh, the entire sound of the room changes. And um, yep. and I uh, had released an album uh, before moving, and I released one after, and there's a big difference in terms of 
how I was mixing things at the mm-hmm. time. So the move greatly changed um, a lot from you know having a different studio setup, um, but also living next to the Rocky Mountains here, um, I feel like I'm getting some of that mountain energy. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know, um, but that's been nice too. Uh, having the um, having having the mountains, having nature around uh, that that mm. has definitely impacted me as an artist. Uh, back in Dallas, as you know, it's it's a city, it's a big city, and um, that's a, a different kind of vibe. So yeah. so the influence here has um, it, it's it's definitely impacted my songwriting. Mm. Yeah, I mean, one one thing I have to say I do miss, where I grew up near the ocean, near the English Channel, that's one thing I do miss. I mean, in in New Hampshire we weren't too far away, but you know, now I live in in the country, um, a little bit more, and I do I do like driving the back roads and seeing the seeing the you know the animals and everything, but I really really do miss the ocean. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's that's my wife wants um you know xyz kind of um you know experience for you know where our next home is and Mm. uh there's the ocean experience which is great but you know there's the also the, the the country you know mountain experience and and uh you know, we kind of decided we love the mountains, we love nature, and you know, if we need the ocean, we'll just travel and go see that, and right. you know, uh, scratch that itch when we get it. But living next to the ocean, that's that's a another kind of um, songwriting environment that I, I think I would really enjoy and, and benefit from. So maybe one day. Yeah. Um... So could you describe a uh, major negative experience you've had in life and what kind of thing have you learned from that? Uh, negative experience. Um, what have I learned? Well, I, I learned uh, very, very early on, um, you know, probably before I was 10 years old, that, uh, that you can't just blindly trust people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've, I have had some experiences growing up where my, uh, my home was broken into, we were burglarized. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, horrible thing for, uh, you know, any young person to go through, you know, your sense of safety is, um, affected and, um, you, you, there's likelihood to go into a kind of, uh, protective mindset for the rest of your life. And I think to some degree that did happen with me. And uh, so I'm still working on myself and working through a lot of those issues, I think, that uh, happened to me when I was young. Mm -hmm. Things I couldn't be prepared for. You know, you you can't just tell a child, hey, you know, there's X, Y, Z dangers out there in the world. um, Because then you, you know... uh, you you insert a little bit of fear or paranoia in the child, and then the the kid's going to start thinking about that. And and if right. you don't say anything, well, then it's like they're going to find out the hard way on their own and feel kind of betrayed. And well, what do you do at that point? And um, but that that's yeah, it's a fine line. It, yeah, it, yeah, it's a fine line. Um, but I think for me, you know, looking back on that, um, you know, it did impact 
my relationships growing up. And uh, that's something mm. that I'm still working on as well to um, to repair and and uh, fix that. I think music has been a big help to uh, to work through a lot of that stuff. And, um, you know, even just sitting there and working on a song, um, you're you're balancing levels. You're you're being in a creative mindset um, and you're being constructive. And I think that that's kind of the point is don't let bad things in your life lead you to destructive behaviors. Um, find, mm. find a way to uh, use it constructively and create things. Yeah. I mean, one of the uh, important parts of this podcast is mental health. So, mm-hmm. I mean, just being, being mindful of, you know, the, the fact that everyone needs to um, improve, you know, in some way or shape or other, it's, it 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 starts with being mindful of what you need to work on i think so right and i really really think music you know like we said before it's a cathartic experience but um you know just just knowing what you need to work on is very important right that's that's the self-awareness or um mm. you know having having the discipline to work on your self-awareness um there's so much um grossness that we kind of collect throughout life and um whether we try or not it's it's just like residue from raw experiences and uh Mm -hmm. it just it sticks on us and eventually over time you just don't want to look at any of that because you know it's no nobody wants to it's not it's not fun it's not pretty and and so that that also kind of means that you're not cultivating any kind of self-awareness because you're not looking within and dealing with a right. lot of that. And for me, that's been a big um, focus point for my healing and uh, wanting to be a better songwriter is I think that a lot of that is holding me back. And um, the more work that I do on myself, the, the more that I heal, I feel like what's the inevitable result here is just uh, a, a pure expression of my creativity and mm. what's, what's not to like about that. Right. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, so flipping or flipping it around, uh, what, what would you say a major positive experience you've had in life that maybe pushed you forward into music or your uh, business? Hmm. Positive experience. Um, well, I would say uh, even as recent as last year, I went on a, a trip to Peru, and um, that was a, a fun trip. It was 19 days. Uh, we traveled with a group of people, and we saw a bunch of sacred sites. Um, mm-hmm. What's especially uh, interesting about this trip is um, I was conceived in Cusco, so I returned to my place of conception. And, uh, mm. and that's, I put out a release after coming back from Peru, uh, called Made in Peru. And it's just a two song EP, but, uh, I wrote those two songs immediately upon getting back. And, um, that was a positive experience for me because, uh, I, we were talking about seeing other cultures and being influenced by that and going down there and, um, being with those people and that vibe, it was, uh, it was an amazing experience. Um, I've certainly had many positive experiences in my life, but, um, more recently that was, uh, that was a big one for me. Um, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. 
I actually, I'd, I'd like to add a little bit onto that. Um, uh, oh, go for just, it. it. This is uh, a pretty important part, actually. Yeah, I growing up when I was a teenager, I had um, uh, issue with my knees, and um, yep. my when I was nineteen years old, I went to an orthopedic surgeon and had some x-rays done and they told me I had uh, 60 year old knees and uh, I had mm -hmm. also been diagnosed with this thing called Osgood Schlatter. And uh, okay. you know, it's, a, it's a weird name, but it was explained to me like um, it's like growing pains disease where sure. I was, I guess, growing faster and it was causing a lot of pains in my joints. So I had troubles walking up and down the stairs and, and school and, um, and ever since then, I had always had issues with my knees and, um, and, and my legs. So all that to say that I had a good 25 years of uh, uh, psychology where my, my legs were weak or that they, you know, they couldn't carry me. And I don't know in what kind of situation you would need them the most. And so there was always that underlying uncertainty about them. So the reason mm -hmm. why this Peru trip was so important is that there was a lot of um, uh, walking around. There was a lot of carrying your backpack and very physically yeah. intensive trip. And um, upon getting back, I realized that um, all that training that I did and the trip itself was enough for me to rewrite the psychology about my legs. After getting back, I realized I did all of that and I, I handled it. You know, I, I didn't have any more thoughts about my legs like I used to. That's, that's really good. Yeah. I, I think that that speaks volumes about, um, you know, how, how we can reframe, you know, things in our life that, that maybe cause us, you know, our emotional baggage, um, that we can really reframe and, and, and get rid of that stuff that holds us back absolutely yeah i mean it was it was profound for me to to mm. um, come back and find that I, I was healed in a way it was uh, miraculous maybe i don't know but um i do believe in the ability to uh, rewrite synaptic pathways um you do something repetitiously eventually it becomes habitual and this is the way you retrain your brain and how long have we yeah. known this? But you know, putting it into practice oh, is a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if even if you if you are talking about learning an instrument, I mean, the only way you can you can program something into your um, muscle memory is to repeat it over and over again until your brain, your conscious brain, stops thinking about doing it. You know, and and we you know you can see that by tying your shoes or driving a car eventually you do it so often it's a habitual mm -hmm. thing so just the the mechanics of playing an instrument that's how you you know you you build your vocabulary as a as a musician right right um and another interesting point for me i uh i never took to one instrument to spend all this time mastering that and for me i I wanted to um, I, I wanted to produce a whole song. The, the mystique of the whole production um, just fascinated me. So I kind of just consider myself a jack of all trades, master of none. Um, but the uh, 
the actualization of of getting a song out um even if you're not great at it uh it's 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 an awesome experience and uh you know i guess for anybody that's wanting to start making music or doesn't know where to begin um i wouldn't worry too much about that uh, just making something is a start oh for sure it's like a seed planting the the tools are there now that if you have the idea within you you know you can get it out much easier than you could before i mean there's obviously a lot to be said for musicianship and being you know good at one instrument if that's your focus but you know i mean even frank zappa himself said i'm not a guitar player it's just the tool i use to write on mm -hmm. so you know it, it d doesn't really matter how you get music out it's just getting it out in the first place and i think overall after all this time the muscle memory that i've developed from what i do it's uh it, it all kind of caught up in some abstract ways and i don't know what exactly i'm proficient with and what i need to work on it all is just kind of foggy but i end up anyways being able to make songs and right. you just keep at it for sure so the the ultimate question is what does music itself mean to you what does it mean to me maybe maybe it's a means to an end maybe it's um maybe it's a kind of lubrication for humanity to get through this experience hmm. that's an interesting uh point of view like you said without art and music this world would be pretty drab absolutely it would but it means it just means that to me i uh how how it's affected me writing my own music um as well as uh, other artists out there that I, I admire um, being influenced by the things that they've done is it was enough to get me hooked. Like how can, how can something like sound make somebody feel like this? It's uh, still a big mystery to me. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, what um, if, if people want to reach out to you and, and want to hear your music, where can they find it? Uh, I've got some releases under the name uh, Mizik Sen, and that's M-I-Z-Z-I-K-S-E-N. Um, I've got another project called Dizzy Mongrel. I'm uh, working on re-releasing a um, debut album on that. Um, I can also be found on Facebook with my DFW Musicians group. Uh, that's facebook.com slash groups slash DFW Musicians Community. And um, and we're also freshly on SoundCloud, and we'll be getting on Instagram as well. And uh, on Instagram, we're going to be at DFW Musicians Community there as well. Awesome. Um, and then when I when I finish up the uh, episode, I like to play a piece of music by the person I'm interviewing. So, what piece would you like me to play? Um, you know that one that I sent you last night will probably work just fine. I feel like that has a lot of my personality in it and that was uh struggling is my style that's right well thank you very much for taking the time to speaking to me today um i feel like we may have a part two i think so too there's there's a lot to uh, discuss out there and uh i like discussing it awesome well thank you very much and uh you have a good day thank you simon it's been a pleasure a real honor and uh we will talk to you again thanks again for listening 
And don't forget to go to the website at musiconyourownterms.com and sign up for the mailing list to get all the current updates of what's happening in the show. Keep pushing the needle and be excellent to each other. This is Sean Siebold with Struggling Is My Style. If you're gonna fall down, you say I struggle. 